Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. And I am wearing this shirt with pride today. How's your shirt feeling today, Tommy? Hey? Huh? I know. P5. Shocker. P5 merchant. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably his first first P5 in about three years, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it is. But it's fine because today is my day. It's Ferrari's day. And... It feels good. It feels great. Because, of course, we are reviewing the Singapore Grand Prix. What a race. And I didn't think we would be talking about it as highly as we currently are, Tommy. Because we did have, I would say, 40, 45 laps of a slow burner, but like the Bunsen burner's hardly on. You know what I mean? It was like something might happen. And that's that's what it that's what it was teeing us up for, right? It was it, a something was. might happen, and it did. It did, yeah. It was it was such a slow burner. We were watching the race, and we were so conflicted because a lot of people obviously have been desperate to see someone other than Verstappen win, and uh, someone like you know another driver to win. And we got that, but it was like, oh, is this going to be like a dull, boring race? Even though we got the fact that Red Bull weren't in it, um, and we were constantly on our Twitch chat going like is this a good or bad race? I can't decide because it was kind of a slow burner, but then you were kind of like, well, they're never going to pass because they can't pass. And But my God, the end was amazing. And what a race in the end. Certainly was. Now, before we dive into the full shenanigans that went on during Singapore, uh, we got to shout out our beautiful Patreon. That's right. We are delivering you with more exclusive content, which includes bonus podcasts, a classic races podcast series called A Short View Back to the Past, a private Discord. We also give you ad-free viewing for all of your, or listening, I suppose, for all of your podcast pleasure. And uh, also, if you just want to support us, please click the link in the description. It helps us massively. And uh, yeah, we look forward to you enjoying more of our content over there. Now, let's dive into my most memorable moment. I wonder what it is, because it certainly is not Charles Leclerc starting on softs and being the sacrificial lamb for Ferrari. It is indeed the battle for the win in the final laps. Oh my goodness. We've said it time and time again. Formula One does not need overtaking for it to be exciting. Although we did have a bit of overtaking. Of course, Russell and Hamilton coming through on Charles Leclerc. Um, It was so tense. I didn't know what to do, where to hold, what to say, really, apart from just squealing most of the time saying, this is Formula One, this is what we've missed. Where has this been? Because it hit hard. It was such a long time since we've had a banger. And to have that last 15 laps, we had two slow cars leading the race, two very quick cars coming through to catch them, and we weren't sure if they could get them or not. It was top tier. 
it was top tier. It was thrilling. Like like we like you just said, it's not always about the overtaking because the fact that the pack was so close. I think that's what the the only problem that made it kind of a bit weird at the start was you're kind of like, oh well, they're just backing the pack up. Is this interesting or not? But then when it is at the end and there's people on different tires going for the win, it was absolutely incredible. And you say about like it's been ages since we had a bang. We've had actually. This has been like the third race in a row, so it was actually really good. Uh, really enjoyed it. Maybe not really good, like. But, but I'm talking bought... straight out the top draw. We are fighting. We've got four cars yeah, for yeah. the win. Oh yeah, that's I mean, the I, difference. I'm here. not denying it was the best race of the season. I mean, the the, the fact that the ending was absolutely amazing because we got halfway through and I was all ready to be like, oh, see, look, F1 isn't just necessarily better because Red Bull aren't in it because. It was kind of, yeah, you had people battling, but it wasn't that maybe not hugely interesting or like exciting, but boy, that ending, it was like, okay. Um, And it's funny because if you listen to our podcast that we did in the summer break, where we said, this is the the champion, this is the, the 2023 season without Verstappen. And we go into races and we're like, this race would have been a four way battle for the win uh, because it was like for P2 or whatever we saw it didn't we play out uh, and it just shows that that for p2 would have been like oh this is cool but when it's for the win it hits different oh it does it slapped it slapped yeah. so hard yeah i don't want to disrespect monza that was a very good race of course battling for the win but i feel like there was always a sense of inevitability with yeah monza yeah. and zanvoort where you're like well max is max is gonna you know max is gonna come through this one we knew categorically Max had no chance because he was not only was obviously he had a terrible qualifying, but everything was going against him in terms of how the strategy he was trying to pull off and, and whatnot. So it was a fight for the win. And my goodness me, it went down to the final lap, quite literally. Question from Him Hoi Hol. How are you feeling now that signs proved there is no P1 curse? I'm feeling incredibly good about this, actually. Um because, and for those of you that don't know what the P1 curse is, I will just clarify very quickly that every time, or pretty much all the time, we've had someone on, a driver, they've had a terrible race that next Grand Prix. Since we have interviewed Carlos Sainz, he has become the, the GOAT, the absolute greatest of all time uh, in the last three <laughs> races. Um, so he has taken that power and harnessed it for good. The other drivers couldn't handle it. Now, I've seen a few funny comments saying, well, you know, you're saying there's no P1 curse. Can you interview Max Verstappen just to make sure? We can We can try and do that. We're trying desperately to get Max on the podcast to yeah. test this theory out. That's the only reason, right? We're speaking to Red Bull and saying, can we see if the P1 curse is real? That's the only way we're trying to get him on. Yeah, I know. I mean, this, I mean, Carlos has been unbelievable. And it's, it's quite amusing that we interviewed him for Zandvoort um and you know spoiler alert but i'd I'd be very surprised if none of us give him a 10 out of 10 for this race that'd be like three straight 10 out of 10s chill out um, spoilers i know but i was gonna go for a seven actually oh really wow yeah 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 oh you hater um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the you know sites has been driving unbelievably well and uh, look now drivers are gonna start queuing up um surely and we need an hour with every driver because clearly uh, if that happens, they get, well, they're amazing. And yeah, I think this is the time to talk about Carlos Sainz and what a drive. I think the thing I liked about mm. it most was the fact that I don't want to discredit 
uh, Carlos's win at Silverstone, but he definitely got fortunate with that that victory. And I think he even admitted it himself that when we did the the podcast with him, he kind of said like, "Oh, my best race ever was that that Brazil, uh, third place for McLaren." Yeah. And I was so confident in the car and stuff. Um, that was the best race of his career, and we'd have been and and we will lord science for it but that is the kind of drive that if that was a verstappen or or a hamilton and he'd done what what he did we'd be like this is why they're multiple world champions and stuff because why is the goat exactly the goat. it was yeah. so intelligent that the way he risked not risked but like he knew what to do with backing up lando to get drs and it was just such a good drive like it was so well managed carlos was absolutely brilliant and yeah what a what a brilliant performance yeah, I want to echo that. Of course, Carlos Sainz over the last three or so Grand Prix has been, I don't know how to phrase this, better than Charles Leclerc, which hurts me, hurts me greatly. Yeah. Um, but I'm also very happy for him. You know, it was great to get to know him a bit more on our podcast and you can kind of see how he thinks and and, and he is, you know, he's a great guy and, and he was very, very open with us. Um, so I feel like we've got a bit more of an affinity with, with Carlos as well now. And um yeah, the, just the the way in which he went about it, I completely agree with you, Tommy, where he had the presence of mind to know what to do in that situation with Lando in second and the two Mercedes having boxed and coming through on the mediums. Even Ferrari themselves were like, not necessarily questioning him, yeah, they're they're like, saying, you got DRS, Lando, you know? <laughs> point eight, Lando, point eight, uh, has DRS. And he's like, yeah, I know. You know, it's on purpose sort of thing. Uh, so Clever, man. that's something you can do on the F1 game. I said it in funniest tweets. Like it's, it's all well and good doing it on the F1 game. You can look at the intervals. All right, cool. Yeah, but doing it at 200 miles an hour is a, is another story to, to have Prix that. Win. Exactly. For a Grand Prix win, your second Grand Prix win, you've got Lando breathing down your neck, knowing that if you misjudge it ever so slightly, you've either got Lando getting a great run on you down the main straight with DRS, or you're, you're leaving Lando behind and Lando gets swallowed up by Russell. So it's, it's just, I can't, I cannot commend him enough for how he executed that because I think nine times out of 10, George Russell or Lewis Hamilton wins that race. Purely from the pace differ, difference there, put other drivers in that situation. I'm not sure they all deliver it. I'm, I'm sure the top drivers would, but I don't think many. I really don't. So Carlos no. has impressed me massively uh, this weekend and the, and the last few as well. And he now is genuinely making a massive name for himself. There was that hype, of course, around McLaren. You know, he was on a par with Lando, maybe slightly better, you could argue. He then moved away. And I feel like as soon as he went to Ferrari, that chatter almost stopped. It, mainly because Charles Leclerc was outperforming him. Yeah. But now we're into a phase where we, we're wondering, has Carlos now got the feeling and the handling and the understanding of this Ferrari car to, to, to make another name for himself now? Yeah, let's not forget, you know, Carlos, I know Lando was, was new at the time, but Carlos was driving incredibly well at McLaren, beat Lando Norris, who's now obviously extremely highly rated. Uh, and yeah, Carlos went into 2022, I think, really struggled at the start of the season and Charles was delivering victories and um, Carlos was, you know, having a mare a lot of the time. But so good. Like, he's just driving superbly and he's put himself back in the the kind of, yeah, top class of how we think about drivers and it's going to be, I think this is maybe a podcast for another time because we could talk about it the whole time, but it's going to create a fascinating narrative at Ferrari because there's talk about uh, Carlos, you know, 
does he go to Audi? But then, you know, if he's the number one driver at Ferrari, like, does he stay? And I think that's, I think his performance now has changed the whole com- complexion of that kind of silly season potentially. So, yes, fascinating. Certainly is. I wonder if his discussions with Ferrari, because obviously there was those rumours going around, weren't there, that Carlos wanted the same contract as what Charles is getting potentially with the is it two plus three or three plus mm. two or whatever it was. I now wonder how those conversations will be going over the last few races. We Carlos can argue that he is as good, if not slightly better at the moment. <laughs> he just goes uh, into a than, meeting than and plays that race and goes, watch yeah. this. <laughs> now, now what? I'm going to add another mil, zero thanks. onto that contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Question from P1 Patreon Discord member Waverod. Was this Ferrari's team strategy that got the win or Sainz's individual strategy? It's a good question. I think it's a mixture. I think Ferrari played a blinder this weekend. Yes, they sacrificed Charles Leclerc in some ways, but not really. Like The soft tyre was working to a degree. He was with, with Carlos and obviously had to back off and they were trying to think of every scenario that could possibly happen, right? Get a five second gap to Carlos just in case of safety cars and that this, that, and the other. Um, but no, I, I, I can't really slander Ferrari at all. Like Charles Leclerc came in obviously during that, that safety car window and got held up because of Hamilton coming in quite slowly to try and get into his group, uh, pit box whilst George was being served serviced. Um, I do wonder if Charles did back up a little bit too much and can't believe it because there was by the way for that it was eight yeah because there was like (laughs) yeah yeah because there was like a two i want to say two three second window between carlos leaving and charles arriving at the pit box maybe even four seconds because if he hadn't done that i haven't fully analyzed the footage but i wonder if he would have then got out in front of hamilton you know there's plenty of things where you can you can argue that but yeah a good good point as well from you tommy there about um because you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to really slow down he must have slowed down yeah he must have slowed down a bit, but not too much. So kind of in in a good window, maybe. True, but I think, dare I say, we won't get into this now, but maybe the stewards were on holiday a bit because I think there are a few incidents there of like, what are they doing? Like, it didn't seem to... I think a few people maybe escaped some some penalties this weekend, Verstappen, Hamilton, Leclerc, um, a, lot, uh, a lot of drivers. But yeah, the Ferrari did play a really good game. Um, it was a good idea to get Charles ahead on the soft tyres, it worked very well. But then we thought, oh no, they're going to race each other. They're going to burn their tyres and then Russell's in the pound seats to win. And actually, you know, they managed it really well. Um, even when, you know, kind of things threw it through at them, like with all the different scenarios and the, the changing of the, the pit strategies and stuff because of the, the safety cars. Uh, and it could have been very easy for them to put Charles on some softs at the end and gone oh well you know that would be a better race for him and you could argue that maybe like you know Charles didn't really hold hold up Russell too much but every bit helped and I think it was the right choice uh, at the time to do because uh, it was all about protecting science's win and and getting that that win for the team because um, boy did everyone want that victory today when uh, it was it was what felt like uh, and we'll, we'll wait to see if this is going to be the case. But this really did feel like that opportunity of like, Verstappen's not in the race. God, uh, like Lando could win. Carlos could win. Russell could win. Leclerc could win. Hamilton could win. It was it was crazy. So, yeah, I can't fault Ferrari. They did a, did a good job with with everything. And even the slow pit stop wasn't wasn't their fault because they had to they had to hold him uh, for the for to not get an unsafe release. 
It certainly did. And then, of course, Sainz's his individual strategy of taking it into his own hands with what we've spoken about already is, of course, you know, incredible racecraft and, and something that, that certainly helped him um, on, on his way to his second victory. Next question from P1 Patreon user Eim, E-I-M. Do we think if Lando had pitted, he may have had a chance to win? Now, that is a really good question that I've not actually thought of until this very moment. And my initial reaction is yes, because you think of how quick the Mercedes car was. I don't think that the McLaren is any much slower than, than what the Mercedes was in terms of race pace. So realistically, you would have then had three cars chasing down Charles Leclerc, dispatching of him very easily. And then it's Carlos Sainz as a sitting duck. So you do wonder, it's, it's literally the same carbon copy of what we saw with Russell and Hamilton. If Lando Norris had the race pace to catch Carlos Sainz, then potentially, yeah. Because they rocked up to the back of Lando on what, lap 58, 57? So it's a very good point and one which I kind of think, yes. Uh, I will press the disagree button um, Go on, and then. say no, because I don't think, we saw how hard it was to overtake and the fact that if Lando had pitted, he would have been behind Russell and I don't think he would have been able to pass him. Um, but what would have been interesting is to watch. Oh yeah, he would have come out behind Russell. Behind Russell. I I, yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. I, yeah I, he was in third, wasn't he? Yeah, not second. All right, cool. Fair. Russell would have won <laughs> in that case, not not Lando. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think, um, and this is something actually Carlos has has alluded to <laughs> that Carlos and Lando, despite being on different teams, uh, although they've got that bromance, haven't they? That they helped each other big time because. Um, I think Carlos at the end said, you know, my DRS helped Lando get P2 and also helped me get P1 um, because it held off Russell. And I think if Lando had a pitted, Carlos was in big trouble because all mm. three of those cars, Hamilton, Russell and Lando would have gone behind him and he wouldn't have had that DRS buffer. And Carlos would have had to defend for his life with a few laps to go. And I don't think Carlos would have been able to do that with the pace advantage that that they had, the way they were catching at the end. So um, Carlos, I think, was very, no, I, that's unfair to say fortunate, but like I think it was a, a blessing that uh, Lando didn't pit as well because we said where, during the watch-along that Carlos, of course, wasn't going to pit because you can't throw away a victory because it'll look stupid. Like You can't give up P1, but... Um, the fact that he had his rear gunner uh, in his buddy Lando uh, really helped him big time and basically stopped the Mercedes catching him. Yeah, massively. Uh, yeah, let me clarify. If Lando pits, Russell will win. I think Lando would still probably get P2 in either situation because Carlos would have been a sitting duck, similar to how Verstappen was mm. um, after the safety car restart and he just got you know swallowed up by the field. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a risk worth taking, I think, for Lando. Uh, and it obviously paid off um, massively by uh, finishing second with those with those old tires. What are your, what's your, don't know what I'm saying. Tommy, what's your most memorable <laughs> moment? My most memorable moment, uh, or I guess the biggest takeaway from that race is the fact that um, the Mercedes battle, and I watched it back and boy was Hamilton quick at the end of that race. Uh, and I tweeted this out, a lot of people disagreeing, a lot of people agreeing. We've mentioned that would Lando have won? Uh, if this had happened, um, I think Lewis Hamilton would have won if George Russell was there. And of course, George Russell was there because he qualified well. 
You think um, Lewis w- Hamilton would have won if George Russell was there? Wasn't there. Did okay. I say was? I meant wasn't. Um, <laughs> I was like... Sorry, yeah. He was uh, there. <laughs> yeah. If uh, I think Hamilton got hindered by Russell. I can totally understand why. And I, I want to clarify that I don't think that Russell should have let Hamilton go because that would have been unfair because, you know, Russell yeah. did the better qualifying. But what I'm saying is, in theory... That wasn't the case. If there was a clear number one at Mercedes, Hamilton could have got got the win there, in my in my opinion. And I think this is something that I've said many times that when that Mercedes gets good, they're going to be not in a world of trouble, but they're going to have difficulty because those two are going to take points off each other. Hamilton was so so quick, could have got the win, in my opinion. Um, you know, he was five seconds behind Russell when they came out the pits, and then as soon as they got up to nor uh no it was actually even leclerc he was like on the back of um russell straight away uh so hamilton was the the quicker driver and uh yeah it just makes me think god when when mercedes get that car good these guys are going to take points off each other because they don't have a clear number one and max will be laughing because they are just going to take points off each other Take points off each other, but they'll probably win the constructors. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so there, there is that at least. But um, I mean, you've kind of gone into the question from Mansur one two two one that asked, "Do you think if George got overtaken or let Lewis by with three laps to go, could Lewis have gotten the win?" Um, I think straight away it'd have had to be not three laps to go. I, I yeah, I, I agree that in theory, if you take away drivers' personalities and their want for winning, yes, Hamilton with a clear road in front of him rather than George Russell in front of him. Could have got the win. I'm not going to say absolutely categorically. I mean, George Russell was half a car length away from probably winning himself. There was that one point where he forced Lando to the inside, then tried the cutback and get the traction uh, in the middle part of the lap, that basically the straight where the corners have been taken out. And I thought he was going to get him, but McLaren just had that slight bit of uh, extra straight line speed, which allowed for Lando to then cover the inside line and George couldn't get through. And and that was it. After that, it was it was pretty much game over. And again, going back to Carlos Sainz gassing up, he had got to maybe 1.3, one and a half seconds clear at that point. He still had the presence of mind to slow down and give Lando DRS uh, almost immediately after that. So Lewis Hamilton, strange really, because George looked like he had the upper hand the entire weekend. But as soon as we got to that final moment where the pressure is on and the win is up for grabs, Hamilton was the one that was delivering at that point. George was still going very fast, don't get me wrong. But Hamilton has been in that situation so many times that executing that did seem very possible. Uh, Next question. Ticey46. If Max had got lucky with the VSC and pitted and managed to then win the race, would you guys and or everyone still be saying the race was this exciting or is it just exciting because Red Bull didn't win? FYI, I'm happy Carlos won and Lando P2. I mean, it would have been a completely different situation. So that's kind of quite hard to say whether or not. It depends if it was a good race or not. If Max came through and we had a four-car fight for the win and Max was at the back, yes, it still would have been an amazing race and something that would have still slapped. Yes, there is that extra tiny bit of someone else has won. That's exciting. Of course there is. It's natural. But the majority of it is if it's an amazing race, we can enjoy it. Zandvoort. Monza, Verstappen still won, but we were there, you know, bigging up the race and saying it was really good. 
So, of course, there would have been the usual trolls on Twitter that would have been like, oh, my God, Max Verstappen getting lucky again with the safety car, blah, 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 blah. But the real fans, the true fans, will know that if, if we have a close race for the victory, it doesn't matter who wins necessarily. But, yes, there is that tiny bit of seasoning on top of the race uh, for those uh, for a, a team and a driver that hasn't won this season. Yeah, if Max had got lucky with the VSC and literally just like got into the lead uh, quite easily and then just pulled away and won, no, it wouldn't have been as exciting. But if he hadn't have been shafted by the, you know, because for Red Bull, all my days, watch, watching the race back and like processing it all, they they were obviously on the, the hard tyres at the start, so they didn't want that the the... the only thing they didn't need was a safety, safety car, car. Yeah. arriving at the exact point everyone could pit. So that immediately, there's their pit stop strategy ruined. And then even worse is when they were like going long, they were just hoping for a VSC or a safety car to then be able to change their tires. And they pitted and then Ocon retired one lap later and caused the VSC. It couldn't have been any worse. It was like all of Verstappen's bad luck in the season has been concentrated into one race and just kind of uh, gone really badly for him. So look, if if it had gone to the point where Max was in that fight as well, yeah, it would have been amazing. Even if it have Verstappen had come through and won, it would have been an exciting race. We'd have, we'd have loved it. Um, but he didn't. <laughs> so look, it was a good, it was a very good race and we've seen good races where Max still has won. Um, but even as a Max fan, this was refreshing to see uh, a different different winner after such a long time. Uh, and it was a genuinely good race. You know, I, I we would have been the first to admit if that race hadn't have had the, the safety car or the different strategy at the end, the VSC, we'd have, I, th- I think we'd have fairly gone, yes, it's really good, Carlos won. That was... But my God, race, that was... What a boring race. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd have been the it first to It was enjoyable, but boring it, so. in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, whilst we are on the topic of Max Verstappen, he was two tenths away from finishing fourth when he was down in 15th with 20 laps to go. Uh, he obviously went quite under the radar, I think, yeah. Max, that whole race, because he was on a different strategy. And of course, we were focusing on the front and the battle there. But Verstappen, and you kind of put this out as a tweet, Tommy. The people didn't he, still, he still manages to get a result that that car didn't look like it deserved. In a lot of ways, every onboard we ever saw, he was sliding around, driving on ice. Sergio Perez showed just how difficult it was to to drive that car. Did Perez even score a point? Maybe uh, I think he did. He was eighth, like one or oh, he got eighth in the end. Yeah, I yeah. guess there was a few DNFs or whatever, but um, but he was still up twenty. Yeah, Perez got a five behind. second penalty for yeeting Albon off, but yeah, it didn't we'll actually change his result. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think Max still had a decent drive considering everything uh, that was thrown his way and thrown against him, and to to, to gain. 17 seconds on Charles Leclerc in four laps is, uh, I don't know if that's testament more to Max being fast or Charles Leclerc having literally no tyres left, but a bit of both. Yeah, I mean, look, people are going, oh, fanboy talking about about Max, but that race, like like you say, I put that tweet out. It just shows how difficult that he will be that obviously this, this, this season, the championships are write-off, but... If we go, if if we kind of put ourselves back to say twenty twenty one, and that's a a race again, right? Uh, Red Bull have had like the worst race. They've had the worst strategy. They've had an absolute mare, and say the title is between like Hamilton and Verstappen again. 
Hamilton's finished third and Max has finished fifth and barely got any points on him when, you know, Verstappen's had probably the worst race that he's had in forever. Um, and it just, just shows that... Worst race since last year at Singapore. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Last race at Singapore. Um, the fact that he's finished fifth Four, uh, four tenths. I nearly said four seconds. Four tenths off um, a P four uh, is. Charles was managing remarkable. his tires at that point. He was managing the position. He knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> he knew that it was seventeen seconds in four laps. Just, just. But even home, just you know the P five is like is quite insane that he's actually yeah. got his car there and he's finished thirty three seconds ahead of Perez again. Um, it's one of those drives, yeah. and we'll go into this in the driver ratings. That it's kind of like. The, the the drives that we've been gassing Alonso up for being like, well, he got everything he possibly could out of that car and a result that he probably shouldn't have really got because that Red Bull was not a P5 position, particularly with the strategy they had as well. So, yeah, it's good. Very good drive. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Speaking of Red Bull and that team in general, uh, P1 Patreon user Chella M11 says, we have to be seeing Lawson in a seat next year. P9 in Singapore first go is absolutely mega. And I completely agree. Liam's obviously shown some potential over the last few races that we've seen. But Singapore, I think I may have even said this on the sort of predictions run up to this, that like you kind of let him off if Singapore is a bit more of a difficult weekend for him. It is the hardest race on the calendar. The temperatures are through the roof. There is no rest. He, he's never done it before. That mental test that he has and had around that, that, that circuit for 60-odd laps and to be able to produce P9 is a sensational result in an Alpha Towery. Let's not forget that as well. Uh, so... I, again, very similar to Carlos Sainz in, in how Im- impressed I've been with, with Liam Lawson this weekend. Uh, getting into Q3, delivering in the race as well, keeping his nose clean. We saw the other rookie go into the wall. No comment. Um, yeah. The, it's, 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 it's great. But, but I mean, look, look what Lawson's done when we think of Nick DeVries went into that seat and he had he had the whole of preseason testing. Lawson's come into the Alpha Towery with no no testing. He's been thrown in at the deep end. We said it, Zandvoort, like couldn't get much of a tougher race. Then there was obviously Monza, and he was 
I think he finished P11, so nearly nearly got a point, which we're obviously all lauding Yuki for getting P11s in an AlphaTauri that's just not very good. And now he's got a point in his third race in the most difficult race of the season. Um, uh, not even a point, two points. Um, you know, he's nearly doubled AlphaTauri's tally for the for the season uh, with that drive. Um, my God, what a what a performance! Um, it's weird, Lawson, because he's he's been he's been good. Like, don't get me wrong, like in, in F two and stuff. But I I did I've not seen him as like a Verstappen, Leclerc, or Russell way. Been like, oh, he absolutely needs to be in F one. But boy, has he taken his chance of like he's been given the opportunity to do it. Maybe that what I said earlier is part of the reason why he hasn't got the opportunity because they've gone, oh, is he actually that good? He's been given a chance in the Alpha Tauri. Don't know when Ricardo's coming back, so this is his chance to prove himself. And boy, has he done that! Um, and as a Yuki Sonoda fan, I hate to say it, but I think I think that's Yuki's seat gone um, if it carries on because it's harsh for Sonoda because he got punted out of the race by Perez. It wasn't his fault, but the fact that Lawson has impressed so much, um, I think Daniel Ricardo is getting that seat because of the marketability and stuff, and it's going to be between Yuki and. Uh, and Lawson and if Lawson's doing that good of a job already I'd be very surprised if he's not got that seat next year yeah I mean you say if it carries on well how already, much yeah. how much more yeah does how much need, more how much do more you, does he need to do yeah does he need to do exactly uh perhaps there will be a an element of um caution from from AlphaTauri and Red Bull's side with with how quickly they jumped to Nick DeVries, for example. Uh, you know, he, he had a good performance. And they were like, yep, sign him for a full-time seat. Boom. Uh, so I wonder if they will delay the negotiations, delay the the, 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 the decision time uh, until maybe even right at the end of the season uh, to, to really see just how how good Lawson's been, if Daniel Ricciardo can pick it up uh, and so on. Because, uh, yeah, it's he's he's going to cause some headaches, but good headaches for Red Bull, I would say, because he's he's showing that he's got some really quite raw potential there that, that could seriously um, take him a long way in Formula One. So uh, so well done, Liam. Next question. Ricolo 21. Thoughts on Perez's overtake on Alex Albon? Completely ruined Alex's shot at points. Mm. Horrendous. It was a dive of all dives. No, I mean, look, I, I'm actually not going to be as horrible to Perez because he uh, he went for it, right? It was a late move. Alex just turns in. Obviously, Perez does deserve a penalty, but it's not. There's a lot of like Albon love out there, and I get that you're kind of upset that he's lost his points and whatnot. But it's not like the most crazy move in the world or a malicious move that that you think, God, Perez, wow, that's absolutely horrific. So yeah, it was it was a it was a Max Verstappen move that we saw in the race, but Perez was maybe half a car length, length further back than what Max was pulling it off at. And Alex was turning into the corner. It's it. It just it wasn't worth the risk from Perez. He was just trying to catch him off guard, which <laughs> he definitely did because Alex didn't even realise he was there and just turned in on him. Uh, but it was a shame for Alex because it looked like well he would have scored a point with uh, with uh, Russell DNFing. He would have again, which isn't would have been an unbelievable result for Alex in a car that doesn't see that Williams. But yeah, Perez's move was was very bold. It was definitely a mistake and worthy of. Uh... Of, of a penalty but I mean Perez ruined two people's races because he also hit the side of Yuki Tsunoda and took him out so uh, it's been a, a clumsy weekend for for Perez with obviously the spin in qualifying as well and then he's taken essentially two 
well, not not completely out the race, but uh, one person out the race and another taking them out of the point. So um, yeah, it's it's not it's not great from from Perez, but it's not the the most ludicrous dive bomb I've ever seen. It was just more the fact that he'd gone for the move, and you kind of when you do that, you kind of need the other person. He's kind of probably hoping that he kind of darted out the way and thought out. better yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. Uh, which people have done with Max Verstappen. Um, but not when you're Perez and you're on the same tyres as them and you're a bit further back. He was always going to turn in there. So, yeah, It was a day deserving. late and a dollar short, wasn't it? Classic Martin Brundle phrase. The classic yeah. Martin Brundle <laughs> phrase. Because, yeah, you make a very good point with the fact that they they always used to swing they did swing wide uh, in the race when Verstappen was sending a dive bomb, mainly because like the Haas drivers didn't want to fight him as as such. It does require the other driver to be willing to give some space. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit late from Sergio and a pretty awful weekend uh, topped off uh, by that. Right, let's go to biggest winner then, shall we? Driver or team? My biggest winner has to be Lance Stroll. Why? Because he didn't. He didn't lose any. Kept places. his nose clean. Didn't get any warnings. Didn't get any penalties. <laughs> oh, uh, I see. How didn't even. Didn't even degrade the tires. Oh, like, what a. What? Yeah. Very surprising. It has mm. to be said. No, my biggest winner is of course Carlos Sainz. I don't. I'm not even. Not even gonna say anybody else. There were other great drives out there, but Carlos Sainz. He is making a name for himself at the moment and going to cause some headaches over the Ferrari camp as well. Uh, so yeah. That's my biggest winner. Yeah, same. It's got to be Carlos. Liam Lawson's obviously uh, a brilliant drive. And if we had to pick someone else uh, for the sake of picking two different people, yeah. I'd pick Lawson. But but science has been brilliant. Uh, such a good, uh, amazing weekend. Like the, his best weekend in Formula One by by a mile. And he's had some very good weekends. So just a superb drive. Biggest loser now. And... Aston I'm going to be a bit, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're going to go Aston Martin. I think so, just because. Yeah. Uh, Alonso was shocking. This was the the circuit they were gassing themselves up at the start of the season. Alonso's had an absolute mess. Stroll's not even done the race, um, and they're going to drop like a stone in the constructors' championship at this rate because McLaren seem miles ahead of them now, um, and they're nowhere near Mercedes and Ferrari. So. Yeah, I'd probably say, uh, yeah, I think I'll go for that. Or as a as a kind of... Oh, you can have two one. then before I've go even on, said no, mine. Go on, you say right, no, 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 that's fine. No, Just say the whole grid, Tommy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say George Russell, uh, yeah, mainly okay. because he had the most to lose and lost it on the last lap. I don't think you can be more of a biggest loser than being on the podium and then crashing out on the final lap. Uh, no disrespect to him. It's obviously a, a minor... Uh, misjudgment and he, he crashed into it, but I think that kind of classifies as biggest loser. What was your second option? Uh, my second one was maybe Yuki Sonoda because I think he might have just lost his drive um, through no True. fault of his own, really. So I think in terms well, of a race, he drove better. Maybe, maybe. he just drove well, better than Lawson. Then you know. True, but I mean, he didn't. He literally did one lap. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Three corners until Paris no. I mean, in general, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's if he's if he's doing unbelievable points finishes. Then. Yeah, yeah, fair. I guess we don't we don't discuss Lawson uh, taking his seat, but uh, yeah, Sonoda's having a pretty terrible run of run of luck and form at the moment. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we now go to our predictions that we made on Wednesday. My <laughs> God. God, 
I mean, we did, we cooked up a storm, but we got a different storm. <laughs> the biggest good surprise. I went for Lance Stroll, which. Jesus, that could. I don't think there can actually be a worse biggest good surprise prediction than that. No. The slowest man racing. in qualifying, <laughs> crashing in qualifying, and then not racing. Yeah, that is. Yeah, my apologies, horrendous. Lance. Apparently, yeah. that is where I now do jinxes. And to be fair, his teammate didn't do much better because I said biggest good surprise was Alonso and he had an absolute shocker, like probably the worst. Yeah, I, I think easily the worst race he's had this this season and mistakes as well. He we had a Very... long pit stop, didn't he? The, 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 it was, a, it was a, a rear jack system that's been redesigned for their new aero package or something and then it just didn't God. lift the car high enough. Which their is new uh, aero package that is not working, it seems. Yeah, either. Um, I love the memes, the amount of memes. It's like uh, Squidward looking out of the uh, the little window with the blinds and it's going Alonso watching other teams develop their car. <laughs> I know, it's painful how much they've dropped, but... Yeah, Alonso obviously had the the mistake in the the pits as well. Um, him running wide and getting that penalty, and then he also went off. So, um, a bit of a Lance Strolley race for Alonso. Whoa, slander! Biggest flop. Mm. So for the bad ones. How you like me now? Sorry, I just rolled back. I rolled back for audio listeners. I rolled back and 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 tried to look smug. What were you going to say, Tommy? Uh, it's it's funny because yeah, our our. Biggest surprise predictions were terrible, but biggest flop we were cooking because uh, Verstappen. It's funny because yeah, you can't deny. I was going to make a big though... announcement just to remind Go everyone. On. I didn't actually Go say on. who my biggest flop was, Tommy. Oh, like, sorry. I, was try- I was trying to make this like a big thing, and you've sorry. just gone and ruined it. Just to, you know, what if people haven't watched the predictions now? Now you've oh, you just oh my god, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> my biggest flop was Max Verstappen. Carry on, carry on, Tommy. Well done, good job. What do you mean, well done? That is the greatest biggest flop of the year. Even though it's a really good drive from him, and uh, yeah, no, I'm joking. I'm not going to deny you it. I was going to say, if you <laughs> I just even wait, I just wait to see your, I wait to see. Your I will drive you to your house, that. be there in over two hours, and <laughs> say hello cape. to you. Yeah, and burn the cape. Uh, yeah, the the fact that we that's said, two points, isn't it? We said P two would be biggest. I think that's five nowadays. points. Then he finished fifth. Come on, that's got to be double points. Max Verstappen was on a ten race. 10 win streak. Go on, you can have two points. Yes! We're doing an Abu Dhabi 2021, aren't we, where we're going to get yeah, yeah, level points. Yeah, we're Michael Massey this, this, <laughs> this prediction. I don't even know. How, do you know what the total is? I'm ahead is? by about three or four now, so you can have two points. God, you slanderous man. Right, yeah. okay, cool. Two points for me. Thank you very much. And then yours? Was Bottas, which, yep, Floppy McGee. He was... Yeah, what uh, happened to Bottas? Uh, he did another... Kind of like Ocon in the last race, a mysterious disappearance. Um, but he was way down because I think Joe was actually running. Yeah, like, Joe finished 12th, but he was running in the points-ish and Bottas was still down in 16th. Bottas just spent the whole race uh, out of the points at the bottom. Alpha Romeo were absolutely awful. And then he just retired and no one noticed. So I'll take it. But it's we, we were focusing on the big action, right? Yeah. So uh, pole position. Mm. I went for Lewis Hamilton. No. Alonso. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, then my well, our top three uh, in third place, I went for Verstappen, which was not low enough, apparently, which is crazy. What was your third, Tommy? Hamilton, which was right somehow. Oh, you disgusting man. I thought we yeah. both got zero points for that. No. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> Second, I went for Perez. That was very wrong. 
Yeah. Second, I went for Verstappen. We both predicted Verstappen not to win and still got it wrong. And it was true, but worse. Mm. And then I went for Hamilton for the win, which could have happened if George Russell had not had ambitions to win himself. How dare he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went for Alonso to win, which couldn't have been any further off. That is shocking. Then our one crazy prediction. So I'm really glad I went and yes, uh, clarified. Because, uh, well, actually, yeah, because uh, Russell did DNF. I don't care that it says plus one lap. I'm DNF. taking it. He crashed into the wall. Four or more DNFs. Give me that point now. Well, you got it anyway, because he would have been the fifth, right? Is that right? No, no, it's four. It's Russell, Bottas, Ocon and Sonoda. Alonso oh. was 15. Oh, okay. So are we saying that it's not? Uh, no, 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 no. Give me the point. No, so he didn't finish. DNF for me is crossing the finish line. Oh, no, technically. No, 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 no. Because Lance Stroll. You That's a DNS. Oh, you, you're denying yourself. Wait, what am I doing? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up. Shut up, shut up. All good. All good. Carry on. Um, yeah, you've clarified I've DNFs got the point. and one is... No, 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 no. Yeah, I'll give you the point. Just We've got a Michael... Lance Stroll didn't technically title, finish so, yeah. either, so it's fine. No, no, Lance Stroll didn't technically For the finish. sake of this championship, look, this is the 2021 title. No, we can't say it out loud if we're Michael Massing this, this championship, okay? Because okay, people will then not care about it. Um, um, yeah, for, I went for both yeah, Alpines yeah. and the points, uh, which didn't That's, happen. No. No, Ocon. Gasly, had, we haven't spoken about Gasly. Gasly's had a great race as well. P6. Can we just can we hype this man up slightly? Uh, no, because he was slower than Ocon. What? Just because he wasn't having as good of a race as Ocon, you're going to slander him. <laughs> no, Ocon had a great him. race. Yeah. What? So you just not? <laughs> said, can we talk about it? He went no, no, uh, <laughs> no. He's done. He's done all right. Yeah. I love it. Like Monza, you were like, well, Ocon was slower than Gasly, so no. Uh, it's just like one of them we speak about. The other one. <laughs> Even if they're a few seconds behind them. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. It's fine. But, well done, Gasly. Well done. You've got a lovely P6. That's some good that's points. That's a good result. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Fans crazy predictions. First and foremost, Peachy Ken. Logie Sarge, first points. New. No. Remain in Rose. Piastri podium. No, but a good, a good drive from Oscar because he didn't have the McLaren upgrades. And a seventh is not too shabby. Particularly when he started... 17th or something, was it? 17th, yeah, 17th. it was, yeah. yeah and around Singapore, that's pretty good going. That's a good result. And then Chris HNT, large turn one crash at the start, similar to 2017. Absolutely not. So that is about it, Tom Bellingham. We have witnessed a stone-cold banger. And how are you feeling after witnessing it and reviewing it on this beautiful P1 podcast? I'm actually feeling quite mentally drained from how those final laps and how exciting it was and uh i've not been feeling well either and it just kind of yeah well done God. by the way for getting through it getting through your illness congratulations i was Big not missing you. i was not missing that watch long for the world my god what like we overhyped it massively and i thought oh no what have we done when we had the worst opening few laps ever um but then my god was it good at the end what a what a race uh race of the season and boy, have we F1 fans deserved that this year because uh, it was so good. It was a long time coming, but we finally got what we deserved. And uh, you'll be seeing F1 to 10 driver ratings tomorrow. So look forward to that. A big shout out to all of you that tuned in with us uh, on Twitch over on Matt P1 Tommy. We had 
massive crazy numbers this weekend so a big shout out to each and every one of you that spent some time with us uh, through that don't forget to check out our patreon as well uh, we've got lots of exclusive stuff if you want to have more of me and tommy and uh, that is about it thank you everybody see you soon lots of love bye bye p1 is a stack production and part of the acast creator network 